0: Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace.
1: Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you again Oh, wait. No, no, no. I can't I ever it. wait to I say it. I love it. I love it. Dewey Good Thompson. Good to see you all again. Yeah, Ray Lyon and and me, Brianna Larimer Missouri Training Institute. Did I say that enough times? Oh, I, I think say so. it one more time, Missouri okay. Training Institute. Yeah. There, we go. there we go. All right, all right. You are here for the weekly workplace. I think we are too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, start, I'm starting to, it's, it's been an early morning already, you guys, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so today I am excited to bring part three of our series now to our, our listeners. And so if you've been with us throughout this series so far, part one, we talked about the idea of your blueprint, self-awareness. How do you, how well do you know yourself? Uh, and then in last week, we really spent some time identifying what is your firm foundation? What is your vision as far as your leadership leadership? lane, right? As you're driving down that highway, I just want us to get that picture in our mind right now. We're still driving down the highway. Um, and so where are you in creating that vision and how how much could you articulate it and how, how well formed is it to where you can start making strides in that direction? So now as we think about that, it's time to move into this concept of how are you framing this new home or in our case, the workplace. And so really talking about the uh, creation, maybe in some cases, or just general management of those dynamic teams in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So I want to toss it to you all. When you first saw that particular topic, what initially came to mind?
0: So many things. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know, if we're going to continue with the analogy of building a building or building a house and things like that, you got to think about all the things that you're going to need in order to get that done. So you need materials, right? You need people to help you build that house. You need, and things have to sometimes occur in a certain order, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's hard to put you, you know, you got to, you know, whether it's the, the electrical systems or the plumbing systems, you know, that had to be done before the drywall, for example. So mm-hmm. you've got um, a certain process, too, that you kind of have to follow as well. So lots of things we can talk about today.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, to, to just keep in mind that what you're building should be in alignment with right your vision mm-hmm. and you know who you are as a leader, mm-hmm. so you know if you if your your vision and your blueprint um, aren't what you're actually framing up, then that it's going to be more difficult for you.
0: And bringing in that old carpenter's adage, right? That means you need oh. to measure twice yep. and then cut, you cut once.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, I, y'all are really getting into this. Thing. <laughs> I was gonna say this, this is our, this is our lane. It it is our, this our is what we do. It is it is leadership lane. Uh, we need to change our, our actually all of our door signs and stuff to yeah. just say that leadership lane. Mm. Yeah, uh, MT not MTI anymore. It's leadership lane. I'll be the median. <laughs> I'll I'll adopt the median space. <laughs> I might be the stop sign, y'all. <laughs> so, <laughs> all the structure I need. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit. I think the first thing that comes to mind, and we talk a lot about this in the supervisory certificate series, but when you are looking at these teams and you're getting the the right fit, the right people, um, maybe it's people you've inherited uh, on this particular team, but the very first thing I always think about is that big, ugly E word and its expectations. The number one pitfall of most supervisors or more, most leaders in that case is really being able to define clearly specifically, succinctly, what are your expectations as we reach towards that vision? Mm
0: -hmm. Well, yeah, you know, once you have your vision, that should really help you to decide then a lot about uh, what needs to be accomplished, right? Mm -hmm. What what are those things that you need to make sure in place Um, so that your team can achieve the results that we're wanting them to achieve. Um, More often than not, I think a lot of people talk about the work expectations Mm -hmm. themselves, right? You got to get these processes done or you got to create you know, these files or whatever the specific tasks are associated with a particular type of job a lot of metrics a lot of metrics Mm -hmm. right you know you have to make so many phone calls or you have to you know create um you know how much i mean how much in sales you Mm -hmm. know for example or whatever it may be but to me that is the that's the expectation of the work itself but i think all of us here at this table know that that's one set of expectations Mm -hmm. and i think most people are probably okay with that. They kind of have a general understanding about what those need to be. But the things I think we forget a lot about are, you know, things like how do we want to treat each other on this team? Mm -hmm. Right. What are those expectations of, um, of what Covey says, um, Stephen Covey says about the body, the heart, the mind, and the spirit. So, um, you know, how do we treat each other? Those are expectations of what he would call the heart, Um, you know, how are we going to, uh, what's appropriate in our team in terms of how we're going to treat one another, how we're going to communicate with one another, all those interpersonal skills, um, other areas that I think are kind of important not to steal somebody else's thunder here, but you know, what are those, um, Expectations of the mind, you know. I know that. Um, well, Ray, do you remember we went to a nuclear power plant one time and did some training? Yes,
1: yes. And, you
0: know, it was very interesting. And um, you know, when you're working with nuclear power, things have to be done a certain way, right? <laughs> I
1: hope so. I would
2: never yeah. survive. I can't. Yeah, I, I, I can't color inside those lines.
0: I, I couldn't either. You know, but it has to be done a certain way. You yeah. got. You've got yes. safety issues. So big, big safety concerns there so in some instances in some environments uh the other expectations we might want to talk about is when's it okay to think for yourself when is it okay to maybe get the boss to help you with making a decision or you know what are the expectations of how you're going to use your mind in this role right um and we ask people to do that all the time um how can you continuously improve? You have to use your mind to think about that. Um, you know, what, what we want you to learn. Well, you have to use your mind to do that. Um, so again, you have to kind of think about what those expectations are. And then finally, the, the final area that I would say would be more of um, how you make a meaningful contribution. What is that sense of spirit um, that this person is, can make on this team? So those four main areas, body, heart, mind, spirit. Yeah.
1: And I think it's allowing the space for those. Mm -hmm. Well, and when I think about that, you know, there's a lot of times I'll talk to these, especially the new supervisors, and they'll say, they'll say to me, oh, well, you know, that that's hard for me to def- define it myself. And I mean, if it's hard for you to define it yourself, how in the world? <laughs> right? He's like, well, you just know. And I'm like, how are you going to articulate? You just know. <laughs> like, I mean, that's yeah. not something. And, and I think that that might come difficult or might for all people, but especially if you do I tend to operate out of out of like the heart space a lot and just kind of that logic rationale, like write it down on a piece of paper, it isn't always easy to articulate things because it is just a feeling. And so how can you get yourself into a space where you are as clear and as confident in what it is you're trying to articulate? Because then you do have to deliver that to your people. And Not in your terms, but in in theirs to ensure that they understand what it is that you're trying to say. Their perception of something may be very different. Yeah. But I think there's another big space. And Ray, I'm going to lean on you for this one. Um, Obviously, being a certified coach, uh, thinking about is, is now we've set the expectations. How do we continue to ensure that those expectations are being met and that we're moving again all for the betterment of moving more towards that vision? And I think that's where coaching comes into play. Yeah. You know, I I, and I think there's there's different roles in coaching,
2: you know, and so when you're thinking about coaching, one is from a development perspective and. You know, figuring out what your people want, what their dreams are, what they hope, how you're going to help them realize or put them in an environment that helps them, you know, realize those types of things. And so I think, you know, coaching from that perspective can show from a leader can show how invested they are in their people, you know, that I care enough about you to want to know what you want to be when you grow up, you know, and and thinking about coaching and then talking about the the professional and interpersonal behaviors that and the intellectual uh, behaviors that get you there in a space that you find meaningful. Right. And so I think those are separate conversations than coaching on um, uh, a technique or uh, a task you know, process um, and coaching somebody through almost, you know, from a teaching perspective, um, you know, or even even a performance standard perspective. So, you know, you, as a coach, you know, as a leader, you kind of have two different hats, um, one that's more invested in just the idea of the person. And the other one is more as the employee in this organization. mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm yeah yeah uh, and you know when you were talking brianna about um the idea of now that you have these expectations and when people aren't necessarily meeting them or maybe mm-hmm. we as a leader have not clearly described in the way that people can understand them Well, that's coaching right and coaching is something that is um ongoing it is something that you're probably never ever done with right there's always things that we can coach there's always ways and opportunities to improve so um, whether it's in our development whether that is of our performance um but yeah coaching is something that i need i think needs to occur daily with leaders, with the team that you're, you're, you're leading?
2: Yeah. You know, I, and I think sometimes people run that in reverse. Like they, they set the, they set people a flight and then build around them. And that, that's a very um, common way, you know, for leaders when they step into a role and they've inherited people and they've inherited, you know, the way we've always done it kind of thing. And um, so they, they haven't realigned or um, revisited their expectations. Or I know you've mentioned this in a previous episode, Dewey, is, you know, they're different every day or, you know, like, gosh, last time you wanted it this way and now you want it that way. And so those changing, um, um, expectations. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, coaching, um, you know, unfortunately I think a lot of people think that coaching occurs, you know, once or twice a year when you do your performance appraisal. Right. Whereas, you know, more, hands on, more observation of your employees, uh, more um, conversations with your employees. Uh, There's opportunities almost every single day to coach somebody um, to get them more in alignment with what it is we're trying to achieve. Right. Um, And don't forget about the the idea of recognition here as well. You know, recognizing the the good things that people are doing Mm. so that they can continue to do those things. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and so I want to pose this question to you all because it often com- often comes up in, in the soup series. I, I've been to our supervisory certificate series that um, I've done the last few times. It's, you know, it's a myth that we talk about in in particularly under the coaching topic, but that idea of, you know, I don't have time to coach. And we often say, well, you don't have time not to. But I am curious from your all's perspective, when you have a... Uh, a supervisor, a manager, a leader, who maybe is overseeing a port of eighty people. You know, like that's that's who they're responsible for. Um, What strategies or what suggestions would you have for being able to actually lean in and have those kinds of conversations while still being able to get your work done? First of all, you probably don't have 80 direct reports.
2: So start with your circle of influence and really think about how am I not only how am I coaching that manager who might have part of those 80 um, direct reports, but how am I Teaching that manager how to coach, um, and and that's how you grow that circle, right? So you you facilitate a learning of coaching yourself as a leader, and then you demonstrate it in coaching your, let's say, a manager that reports to you or a supervisor. And then you also teach that manager or supervisor to coach their people and just kind of, you know, pay it forward. Um, you know, and I what I've learned in that I don't have time to coach is a lot of times they haven't recognized when it's an opportunity to coach.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And so my husband for example, you know, we he comes home and I my thing I love that book, you know, it's it's always the manager. And he'll say something and I'm like it's always the manager. He's like stop it. <laughs> you know, or I'll say that was a that was a great moment. Yeah, that was a great coaching moment. He was like I just totally missed it. You know, and it is again, you know, part of coaching is raising their awareness that coaching that was a coachable moment, you know, and it just took that moment. But you have to recognize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's when they feel like they don't have time. Right.
0: Yeah. And I under, I get it. I mean, as leaders, you feel your time is, you know, people always pulling mm-hmm. more and more things from you and things like that. And I get it. But um, I'll also say be a leader that walks around catching people doing the right things. Because when you're doing that and you comment on them and you recognize on it, that reinforces the things that you're wanting them to see in them over and over and over and over again. Um, But you can't you can't do that if you're stuck behind a desk all day long.
2: Mm Yeah, I you know, and and this idea that. I have to be everything all the time to all people as a leader. I think, you know, if, if your gift is, let's say, the visioning part of it, um, then you need to find the people who are the boots on the ground mm-hmm. to m- turn that vision over to when it's launched, right? That that you actually move on as a leader and you allow and entrust um, the people on your team to carry forward that that vision, you know? And so I think that leads me, I guess, to the point that you have to know what the materials are you're working with. Mm. You know, am I, work, <laughs> am I working with, uh, you know, like, you know, hardwoods? Am I working with MDF? Am I working with, you know, plywood? um, You know, and then how do I leverage the strengths in all of those things and put them in the right places to create the team that I need to create? Um, But I I really don't think, you know, when we think of leader, I I just think a a good leader, you know, will tap into his or her strengths Mm -hmm. and then find the people that will complement those. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely
1: and move on move on to the next thing right so what if with that in mind now i have another question based off of that what if you're in inher- if you inherit a team that doesn't have individuals on it that would complement some of those spaces that maybe you don't bring to the team as the leader uh
2: well my first you know i always go back to the beginning how do you know that hmm. how do you know that because of what they've done under a previous leader maybe that was just because that's what that leader, Mm -hmm. you know, desired or channeled or, you know, whatever. So I just as much as I say, have the stay conversation, you know, go on a listening tour when you inherit a new team and just, you know, start asking some of those questions to find because maybe you get in there and you think this person's, you know, slated to be this detail person. And then you're like man, I really wish I could be doing some of this other stuff that I'm not doing. And you're like, whoa, OK. So then you you start moving your pieces around, you know, um, and and using your your position and your influence to make that happen. Get up, over or out. That's
0: essentially that's what, that's I that's what I say. I was going to say, essentially, it's three main choices. They can you can move them up. You can move them over into a different role or you can move them out. Hmm. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about that because that would require a little bit of change, then, right? And so that's one of the other things as we consider this, the, right? The framing, we're talking again about um, these dynamic teams. We really want high performing teams uh, in this new build, this new construction as uh, you're approaching this leadership space. So how do you go about or what strategies or suggestions do you have for really creating an environment that is fluid or at least a little bit more comfortable than most with change? Well, you know, change is
2: an external place like change is visible. hmm right mm-hmm. you you change jobs you change hours you change tasks you change
0: processes uh,
2: yeah it to me that's the that's the visual and external process and and that can be you know through rote memorization and, and developing new habits. Yeah,
0: to me, that's the easy part.
2: Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, part. you know, it's it's the part most times managers have spent time mm-hmm. working on mm-hmm. is, you know, so what's the new flow chart of the process? And, you know, what's our revenue stream, going you know, and all of the, the tactics and things that go into that and the metrics to measure all of that. But I think sometimes what we forget is to, as leaders that we're leading people through change, is to address some of the more psychological and transitional things that are happening um, for that person, because, you know, it might be easy to say, "Okay, you're now eight to five and you're now nine to six. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, who's going to get my kids to school? You know, I mean, it's really about, you know. What's going on internally with that person that they're going to be facing as a result of that change? And I think sometimes we don't always address it. And we, and you know, or we might even think that uh, announcing it is the same as implementing it. I think that's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we do have a tendency to think, announce it, and then just expect it to happen. Right. <laughs> um, and, And people can implement new things, but, you know, they can do it kicking and screaming the whole way. They can do it sabotaging it along the way. I mean, there are all kinds of things that can happen. And so what Ray's talking about is really helping people with that internal kind of transition. Um, Now, I think your original question, though, Brianna, was about creating a culture
1: of change mm-hmm.
0: yeah um, maybe not necessarily the change process and we can certainly talk about both. but um, we have to remember that we're dealing with human beings here we're not dealing with with a, a, a physical thing that we just flip a switch and things are going to be completely different you know the next day. Uh, people have to kind of internalize that change. you know to me, leaders usually have three big main approaches to change. Um, one is
2: as he's holding up two two fingers, fingers. I (laughs) I was just like,
0: okay, (laughs) um, the first is really about change by decree by golly, this is what's going to happen, you know? And well, that is that appropriate sometimes? Probably. Yeah. I think you can get some of those technical things changed probably pretty easily like that. Um, but you also have to realize the outcome of that is people might do it but they might not internalize it. They might not fully transition as Ray talked about, um, to that. Compliance. Compliance. Mm -hmm. Right. You you only get compliance. Right. And then you could also have maybe more of a we often throw more logic onto this argument for change. Right. Well, like, I can't I can't believe you don't see why we need to change. It's, it's obvious. Right. Here's the here's the inputs. Here's the outputs. We got to do something different. Right. So we throw more logic on it. We really rely on a lot of subject matter expertise. Um, oftentimes to help people maybe adjust to that change. Um, But the last one is really more about shared leadership. And I think this is going to take a little longer for people to um, internalize that change. But I think you get a lot more um, internalization of it. That transition is probably a lot more. But what we're doing is we're inviting them to help us, right? We're we're empowering them um, to maybe make some of those transitions and how they might make some of those transitions on their own. Um, Now we can guide them. We can offer um, some guidance and that kind of thing. But um, we're wanting to bring them along with that. Right. Mm -hmm. Put them in the driver's seat.
2: You know, a a lot of your culture of change is how well the last change went. Mm -hmm. And I think people bring that forward. And so, you know, in order to change the mindset, Right. It's it's with those actions. But, you know, were we successful last time? I mean, we made the change. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's a visible external thing. Um, But how successful was it? Because if you're going to embed a change or change into your culture. Right. That we are a culture of change in this department or in this organization, um, then you've got to get over a lot of the mindsets from how the last one went.
1: So thank you through that. Then we, we mentioned a little bit about the process. I guess we can tap briefly with our few minutes we have left. What would be the final pieces of that process?
0: Well, you know, I think that when we talk about the process, there's lots of models about that. But, you know, oftentimes when people are faced with change, they kind of kind of deny it right they're like oh that'll never happen
2: they've been talking about this for years years
0: you know so they kind of deny it sometimes then we we i think as leaders we need to push them into that second stage and that's about the idea of resistance right (laughs) who says that we want to push people into resistance but as a leader i can't really do anything about it until i know what the reasons are why you don't want to change or what is those transitional issues that you're experiencing Mm -hmm. that's preventing you from change so i got to listen i got to empathize i got to um uh kind of mine if you will for what that resistance is but then i need to move them more into the idea of exploration right into um so things like training maybe they need new knowledge and skills to help them with this transition um so maybe it's a little bit about that um it might be also about developing and helping them develop an action plan about how they're going to move from point a to point b um and and again invite them to To help you set that action plan, empower them to to do that for themselves, Um, and and then you know, and that that exploration can be very chaotic. It can feel very very chaotic because we're trying all kinds of new things, and oftentimes, um, but it can also be exhilarating at the same time, right? Because we're doing something different. We're doing, have a new challenge and sometimes people love that kind of thing. Um, but once we kind of have lost that newness of that change and people have kind of made that transition, um, then it's about getting them to kind of recommit, right. Um, to this new way of, of, doing
2: business. Timing is everything. I agree. Because I think you got to give space to that resistance because it will happen. Mm -hmm. It absolutely will. Unless all the stars are aligned. It's the right time. It's the right place. You know, they they've got, you know, they're going to get something out of it. I mean, you know, and they're involved in the change. Um, So timing is everything. So if you start training, you know, when people are going through resistance, you're going to be training a heck of a long time or you're going to be retraining. Mm -hmm. So I think holding that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and waiting for the training, the technical, you know, to do's mm-hmm. once people have filtered through some of those emotions and you've held that space for them.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: We, we have just like um, skyrocketed through uh, <laughs> three really big topics on this this particular show, the expectations, coaching, and change management. We do have full length episodes on that. And I will link to them in our uh, description too, in case you want to go back and listen to some of those a little bit more in depth. Um, but again, what we're really doing here, this this does go quick for some people, right? This leadership lane, we're building this house. It goes up quick sometimes. And so sometimes you might get thrown into these leadership positions and so it's we're going to go uh, we're going to go quickly on these topics too so next week's topic uh, we will continue on this we re- will be on part four and then five we'll conclude the series we encourage you to let us know what do you uh, what do you think so far leave us a comment in the, the episode description or send us an email at mti at missouri thank you all so much for listening and until next time go be great
0: Peace.